Hello and welcome to the dialogue. Wait, how do I start this? <laughs> I don't remember. This is the dialogue. Whatever. Hello and welcome to the dialogue box. This is Gwen Frey and we are joined today with Alan Hazelden. Hi there. Hello. You are back. This is your third dialogue box with us. Uh, yeah, third time lucky. Third time lucky. I'm afraid Chris Light can't join us again this week. He is still in the in transit back to the UK and will be for a little while. Um, but I appreciate you being here, Alan. I asked uh, I asked online for questions that people wanted me to ask you, and there were so many. You are, uh, there's a lot of puzzle designers out there with a lot of questions for you, Alan. I, I guess so. I mean, that's, that's what comes of running a puzzle game, just Discord. Mm -hmm. I kind of brought that on myself. Why did you start the Discord? Question. Uh, it felt like a good idea at the time. Um, yeah, I felt like there wasn't really spaces for discussing the kinds of games I was making. And I figured, oh, I'll just do a thing and it'll probably be fairly small. And uh, like, I guess it was a good thing. It was, man. Like, I love your Discord. It's legitimately really fun. Uh, and there's... I, I, I mean, I guess you've been doing this since long before there was a Discord, but because there's a puzzle script community, and you guys must have like a Google group or something, right? Yeah, I mean, puzzle script has a Google group, uh, but it's not that active now. Mm -hmm. um, like when it when puzzle script came out, it was like the place that you'd go, and like people would be posting all the stuff they were working on, and now it's like oh, a couple of people will make something a month, um, but it's like way less active. I see. Because um, I definitely joined this stuff a lot later than you guys did, right? So I wasn't there for the kind of genesis of when, when it, cause so, so I didn't even know Sokoban was a genre, right? Like, until after I had started Kine. Like, I didn't know that word until after I had started Kine. So I'm kind of behind the loop on, like, when did, when was Puzzle Script invented and, and how long have you been doing this stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, this, this has been a genre for a very long time, but for me, I mean, so I, I don't know if I told this story on previous visits to this podcast, but like, so I made like a couple of puzzle games before PuzzleScript, but PuzzleScript was what turned me into somebody who only makes puzzle games. And that's basically because uh, I was burnt out on being the only programmer on a project, mm -hmm. uh, Bond, and PuzzleScript came around and it was the tool that I could use to make games without programming and it turns out that it's a really nice way to like prototype stuff um and i made like i probably made like 10 games with PuzzleScript over the course of a year mm -hmm. and it turns out when you make a certain type of game uh multiple times over you get better at making that kind of game and when you have a tool that makes it easy to prototype stuff without programming and you don't want to use anything else, then you just make the kind of stuff that that tool lets you make. Um, so it's like this self-perpetuating cycle for the last yeah. like five years. Ooh, where have you hit I'm, the point I'm, where you're tired of it? Because you're you've only made no. these games for five years, right? Um, I I mean, we'll see how I feel after I finish this game. Um, I still think I'm pretty burnt on programming, so <laughs> unless something else comes along that lets me make games super easily without programming. 
I feel like I would be sticking to public goods games for a while longer. Well, I mean, there must be, right? Like the, um, I was talking to the guy that makes Chips Challenge 2 and stuff, and they said that they had an editor. And there's definitely games that have editors, right? Um, right, but somebody needs to program an editor and, like, work out what the game is about. Well, true. Like, but if you're Joy, like, what is the difference between making a game in Puzzle Scripts and making something in, like, uh, Media Molecule's Dreams, for instance? Good question. I, I, yeah, no, that's fair. Like, Dreams seems like... It's the kind of thing that, yeah, but I could I could make something, and it would be similarly like freeform. I wouldn't have to feel like it was programming. Um, I mean, dreams like seems great, but it's like a closed platform thing, which is less appealing. Mm. Um, and also the flip side of like the um, the flip side of it is like yes, I got into puzzle scripts because I was in this place where I didn't want to program. Uh, but now I'm at the point where the only game ideas I have are puzzle games uh, because I've been making puzzle games for so long. And so uh, I need to hit a point where I have an idea that like, I really want to make, but it's also small and self-contained um, because I'm, I'm no fan of like making games that you need to work on for a year before you see if they're even interesting. I really like puzzle games <clears> for the systemicness of like, oh, I'm going to play around with this and have something very bare bones and see if it's interesting rather than like something some big narrative epic where you need to like put so much time into content before you can even tell if what within your head is what is actually coming through yeah i don't know i i go back and forth on that because that touches on a lot of different things right like my so i I like puzzle games. I love, ever since I've started, been involved in this community, like I, I love them, but I definitely see why they're on phones. And I definitely see that there's a different sort of um, a mentality for a lot of these kinds of games where you can kind of like drop in, play a couple puzzles and then <clears throat> and then set it aside. So they, it, for instance, like I love playing uh, Cosmic Express when I'm on a commute, right? But like when I want to sit in front of a couch and I want to play a game, I usually do want that big narrative epic, that thing that you can kind of sneak into, like as a gamer, right? Right. Do you do you ever feel that way about um, like I don't, what do you play actually? I guess we should go back to that. Um, I play like I play in development stuff that people I know are making and stuff from the Discord that I run. Um, yeah, that's does that I... shade you? Like mm -hmm. against the final product, you know what I mean? Because you've seen it early, so you kind of. It's good and bad, right? Because you see how it's changed yeah. over time, and you have an idea in your head of how you wanted it to be. Um, you definitely like I've I've had games that I've played early and then dismissed as like, yeah, this is this isn't all that, and then it comes out and like so. Pipe Push Paradise has really hit me. Like I played Pipe Push Paradise, um, for like six months a year before it came out, and it's like, yeah, I mean, this is interesting, but it didn't feel quite right, and then. It came out, and then for some reason, I decided, oh, I'll just, I'll just see how the release version turned out. Uh, I'm like, all of a sudden, oh, like he really smoothed out all the, all the rough edges here, um, and mm. I really, really liked it. Um, I, but I, I was ex expecting to like go, yeah, well, this, this, this came out, I guess. See, I like that game. So we have to dig more. What was missing from the earlier stuff? Um, <clears throat> I think it was a lot of just like level pacing. Um, mm. I don't remember the, the, the details, but like too many levels which weren't quite focused enough 
or which were a bit too hard or um so the actual kind puzzles of changed was it yeah i okay. i think um like it it also had some visual iteration but like mostly from what i took away from it it's like uh yeah just like all all the dud puzzles like kind of just removed mm -hmm. so and um, that's the kind of stuff that you need to play test in order to like get an idea of like oh this puzzle's not that interesting really or oh all these people are stuck on this level and uh that's because i can tell that it's because they're not getting this this thing about it so i'll redesign it to make that the focus um all that kind of stuff yeah <clears throat> yeah i haven't had a I mean, I just had packs, but before that, there was a long period of time where I didn't play test kind, mostly because, like, I blocked down the puzzles and then I just had to pound through the art, uh, as opposed to doing them all at the same time. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, so I, I I joked in your Discord that I was going to tear kind to pieces, and that's kind of what I'm referring to. Like, yeah, I know. There wasn't... Um, I, I fucked up. That was one thing I regret, was that I locked down the design, and I, because of part of fitting everything into a world meant that I couldn't change any individual puzzle anymore. Yeah, that's anymore, really rough. Uh, which was a mistake. It's something I probably wouldn't do again in the future. I don't know why I did it. I thought it would be really cool. And in my defense, <laughs> it is pretty cool. But it it's doesn't... It's pretty cool. But also, in your game, it's not... Like, it's not obvious. Like, you spent all this time on it, and, like, there's no... Unless unless you've changed the theming of the level select since I last played it, like it doesn't yell at you that you've done that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you spent all this work and you just made it invisible. Yeah, um, I have regrets. <laughs> and like it's it's cool. Like you, you you spent that time. Like it's a it's a nice thing of polish. But uh, yeah, like. Mm -hmm. I no, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of things I regret. I, I think in general, the I, something I used to always say early on that I've always said and that I broke this rule is that the best art is if you make art, uh, the ideal pipeline is one where your programmer, your designer and your artist can all work from the very beginning to the very end so that everybody can iterate, right? And yeah. but I was like, well, I'm one person, so I'm only ever going to be doing one <laughs> at a time and I just need to ship it. And so I made the art in such a way that I couldn't iterate at all, which was stupid. In hindsight, regrets. Like this could turn into like a giant Gwen regrets things podcast. You called out one of the biggest problems in the game. There is one level in particular that is extremely difficult right before you unlock the calendar level. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I uh, uh, had ideas to make it optional, but it's just too scary to add anything at this point. I might make a patch yeah. or something or mm -hmm. just cut it. Because it is, there's just one level that's just too hard that stayed yeah. in for way too long. I mean, I, I I think you could totally cut levels and get away with it. Um, yeah, no one would notice. In service of like the the pacing, um, that feels yeah like a a decent uh, thing to do to just like streamline the the process. In general, and that one is because it's at the end, it's easier. For some of the other ones, it's a lot harder. Just because yeah. they they do kind of form a line. I was trying early on, especially I was trying really hard to have like a map with a line that you follow and you go through each of them. And I was really trying to get a certain kind of pacing going, where uh, just like 
you would a puzzle would teach you something and then something where you had to prove that you knew it and then something that was very hard and yeah. then something that felt like a reward and then something that was like that but in a different way and i was like trying to have a sequence going um mm -hmm. but not with that area that area i just fucked up <laughs> <laughs> that was and, and that's that's like uh it's so much work to get right because like what you think is a reward to some players could be like like they just miss something and then they're beating their head against something um, and like, yeah, it, it's because like your game, like has like multiple linear strands, um, which is like better than just one linear set of levels. Yeah. That um, was a... by a lot, yeah. but like even, even within the strands, like if you need to get, if you need to beat this section to unlock something else, then it's like, oh, one single level. And if somebody's stuck on it, then they are locked out of this other set of levels. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. I mean, I partly, I yes, I I, don't, I won't say I have this down perfectly because I definitely don't. Uh, but there's definitely different ways to do it. There's definitely something like I just played Untitled Goose Game, and you've got to get like nine out of the ten objectives, mm. right? And in the end, it just feels. I don't know, arbitrary. That's the right way For to put sure. this. Yeah. Like it. Um, it's yeah, and like there's there's no one perfect way of doing it. Mm. Um, and like because you've got you're trying to like have this linear path through the world as well, then that makes it um, more constrained as well. Um, like a game where it's just um, like what was that that uh, sushi game that came out? Sushi um, game. Yeah. Um, by the people who made uh, Golf Peaks um, came out like a few weeks back. Um, but it's just like, oh, it's a mobile game and the levels are just like levels that you tap on from a menu. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of context, like unlock six out of these nine to beat them to unlock the next area, like works fine. But then the more, the more real you try and make the game, then the more awkward yeah. that kind of stuff feels. Well, I, um, I went back to like, um, uh, there's this kind of a style of game, a way of laying a, a map that you've done a couple times now. The, like I was playing through uh, a good snowman is hard to build again. And you can kind of get to an area by going a couple of different ways based on how they're, how the levels are laid out, right? At least I think you can. Because yeah. uh, there's multiple entrances into each of the different kind of puzzles, right? Um, and I, I think that's similar to kind of a more common one that people are listening probably just recently played Baba as you. Uh, that's kind of similar too, right? Like you beat a puzzle, you unlock two that are next to it. And then if you beat one of those, you can kind of go do them in any sequence. And I think there is, like, to me, that's interesting and that works well. Um, so long as you don't care that somebody does puzzles in a very specific sequence, right? Because you can't yeah. get the, the upside of that is that you get, you, nobody gets blocked. You can have much harder puzzles. Anytime you have a sequence, you can't have anything too hard because there's a chance people won't beat the sequence. But if you have a sequence, you can kind of have like cadence to it, or you can have kind of like a story that progresses through it. So there's kind of advantages either way. And I yeah, I mean, so what I tried to do to balance that in Snowman is um, it it's mostly pretty freeform, but it'll branch out and there'll be multiple levels teaching the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I know if you get past that point, then you would have had to go, go through at least one level that teaches this specific kind of thing. 
Um, so it works for puzzle. Shit, we lost Copy Al. A, a go. Oh, really? Are we back? Uh, let me know when I'm back. You're back now, maybe. Okay. Uh, am I back? You're back. If you can hear me, you're back. I can hear you. You seem back to me. All right, cool. Um, what was I saying? You were saying... Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, levels which do... Which serve the same purpose and just, like, branching off but making so that everything past that point in the game, you need to go through at least one of those levels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And you're getting things by... Um... Uh, you're getting things mostly by mechanics there too. I, I think one of the things, so one of the things that interests me a lot uh, is like I was saying earlier, I'm kind of more into the kinds of games that you sit down and you like sit at a couch and you play, right? Uh, and I yeah. think in order to get somebody to a place where they do that, you need to, I don't know if you need to, I feel like a game has to be a little bit more engrossing and to me at least like the games I enjoy usually have some kind of narrative or there's some kind of uh, it's not my favorite thing but like Skyrim a game where you just have a massive world you can explore like The Witness right or um, I mean I would usually the easier ways to go narrative I think uh, a game like Inside a game um, what I'm getting at here is I, I think Anytime you have that kind of world where you can kind of go from one spot to another like that, and you're getting by mechanics, you lose the ability to have any any narrative or anything like that that really drives you forward. And I can't think of games that most puzzle games I play, I can enjoy on like a phone or while I'm in transit or something, but I don't, I, I have a difficulty sitting down and just playing them straight for like two hours. You know what I mean? Like, I just sure. kind of hit a fatigue. Yeah, because it's point. just like puzzle, 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 puzzle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, and so, that's like very intense. What's interesting to me is finding a way, and I, I don't know if this is interesting to you, but like what's interesting to me is finding a way to get puzzle games where you can like sink into them in the same way you sink into Skyrim or something like that. And so mm. I, I think that's why I resisted for so long the uh, the idea of letting you jump around or, or skip through things. Because the first time I made Kind, it was like literally one line where you had to beat each puzzle in order. And I had to shatter that very early yeah. on because that was just, you can't make a very difficult game if you do that, right? Yeah, I mean, like to some degree, the kind of puzzle games that you can just play for hours, uh, lots of those games are really, really casual mobile games where there's very little challenge. And it's just like, a pleasant thing that you're doing with your phone? Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've played a couple of those from Apple Arcade, right? Like a bunch of those came out. And that's, I guess, not what I'm thinking of. I mean, those definitely do exist. And especially especially if you had like randomization or something, uh, you can get stuff like that. But I think what's more interesting to me is inside Gris, that sort of thing. The I wish those game, I like those games. I just wish they were, and they're always linear, right? Like Thomas was alone. Like they're always linear in order to tell a story or to keep you engaged, but yeah. they're not, difficult um or it's easy with those to get bored do you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. so that's, that's yeah like they're, they're a they're a roller coaster rather than something that you're actively challenged by perhaps yeah uh it's hard to explain i i like the games that make me smile or that stay with me inside is one of them right like i wouldn't say the puzzles are that hard really 
I'd say the puzzles definitely serve the purpose of helping you capture that feeling, but they're not really hard. They're not really thinky, right? Like, I think that was your term. Those puzzles where you have to sit down and you look at your array of options and you have to come up with a solution. Yeah. I mean, I think to some degree, like, this is just really, really hard to balance because uh, anytime, like, because you, as you say, like, the needs of the narrative, like, once you have a narrative, then for that to be compelling, then it needs to be a through line. Um, and the if if you did have a hard puzzle, then that would kind of detract from the narrative because it would be like the pacing suddenly is all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I mean, like for a while, I was trying to have like a, a fairly involved story. Well, we we were throwing around ideas that would be more of an uninvolved story in our new game, and just wasn't coming together. Like it was fundamentally a problem because. There were too many puzzles, and the puzzle pacing had different requirements for the narrative pacing. Mm-hmm. And when you had to um, choose one, you chose the puzzle pacing. I mean, because the, the game was designed around the puzzles. Yeah, I mean, um, it's... like there's the, like if if we were to prioritize the narrative, then that feels like you do that for a project where you started with the narrative, but it would be very weird to like start with the puzzle mechanic convince myself that like oh yeah this is a really good puzzle mechanic and then have to just throw out large chunks of it because the needs of the story were more important true Um, but i feel like you're selling yourself short there because i think i uh, there is narrative in the sense of story but i've played your game and there's certain inflection points in it right that are very i think that are mechanics driven, but are also very compelling, right? And kind of tell a story. And you can kind of build a story around those sort of inflection points, perhaps. Uh, so, I mean, yes and no. Like, we were throwing around ideas that would do that kind of stuff, but it's just really hard. Yeah. Um, it's just really, really hard. Um, and hmm. yeah, coming up with something that would that would do justice to it. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, it, w- it was more effort than seemed worth it. Yeah, I feel you. Well, I mean, it's it's telling that you and I are being very cagey right now because we don't want to spoil something. And there's very few puzzle games where it's like, you don't want to spoil something. So in a way, I would say that is kind of narrative in a way, right? Like, uh, I guess there is such a thing as spoiling mechanics, kind of. Yeah, I mean, definitely if you're talking about a puzzle game like if somebody's saying oh yeah i just started playing this puzzle game you're not going to tell them oh yeah the solution to level four is great you have to do the thing yeah yeah but there's something else there too you know what just occurred to me is um two weeks ago i was playing the swapper and that's a game where the puzzles in the narrative are just so tight and i think they actually Mm. i think they did a like their overworld map is i have no idea what the hell's going on there but the general idea of like you do some number of puzzles out of like you do three quarters of the puzzles and then you can move on to the next area because you're collecting orbs it's kind of like hub and uh how do you put it yeah it's kind of like hub and spoke you know you do one of you do like six of nine puzzles and then you go do this one puzzle and then you go into the next area so they solved that and they solved narrative like the the gameplay and the narrative are tied together extremely well like 
I don't know. I think that might be a game that crushed it. I think that's actually, I'm surprised that game wasn't a little bit more renowned, though that might just be me being super out of the loop. I think it did well enough. It's just been so long since it came out that inevitably it has to be forgotten. <laughs> so the new things can come up. Yeah. Only, only, only new things are allowed to be popular. Fair enough. So they should remaster it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if they released it on Switch. That's true, yeah. That I don't know. I hear Switch, Switch discoverability is going down. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's on the Switch. So. Oh, it is uh, on the Switch? No, it's on the Nintendo eShop. But the Switch wasn't around in 2014, so that's probably not it. Um, but yeah, whatever. It's on the Wii U eShop. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, they should do a Switch version shit. We gotta keep this stuff going. Though I guess at some point you don't want to port your games forever. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to me. I haven't ported my games to any consoles, and I really should. Yeah, well, I think you could... Uh, how many do you have now? You've got Cosmic Express, you've got a good snowman that's hard to build, you have Soka Bond. Um, yeah, those three. Those three? Yeah, it's tight. You, you have a proper trilogy. You could make like the, yeah. the Hazelden puzzle pack. For consoles i could except that they're all in different languages so that would be a bad idea they're in different oh scripting like programming languages i thought you like, like wrote Sokoban, one in german Sokoban Sokoban like, flash and then uh, the snow with hacks and then cosmic express with unity um, why did you just get bored or like why did you choose why did you change uh good question um so Sokoban was the first one and i was making games in flash at the time uh then snowman uh hacks seemed like a better long-term platform um and that was definitely true uh and then cosmic express was 3d art and so it made sense to do something um with more 3d support and uh that's and what's your your next game is in uh the new one's unity too okay cool so you're building on what you did there Sweet. Yeah. So you're, hmm. Do you think you're gonna put your next game on consoles? Yeah, I think so. Um, like, uh -huh. I for a while I was saying, oh yeah, we'll we'll aim to do consoles at launch, and now I'm kind of hesitating. Oh, yeah, do it. it's a lot of not, work. Not at launch. It's um, so much work. You have no idea. Uh. uh yeah. Like, cause. I mean, then the issue there is that I will intend to do consoles later and then just not get around to it um, because that's definitely what happened with the last ones. I but uh, yeah, I don't. I just. I don't. I don't think I could handle having to push my like. I basically have to push my release ready forwards two months at the least, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. I can't handle not tweaking my game until the last second. <laughs> Fair enough. There is definitely something to be said. Like, if I get to it again, releasing first on PC to squeeze out all the bugs before you have yeah. to go through certain stuff might be nice. Though I will say, there has been... So, in my experience, there was one bug I could not find that was uh, on level reset. Every now and then, things would just get jacked, and it would happen maybe once every other full playthrough. Uh, and somebody from Microsoft at CERT found the repro. Like gave me the perfect repro so I could fix it on all platforms. And I was so happy. Oh, Failed nice. cert. That sucks. But uh, they managed to track, hit and then track down that bug. QA person of the year. 
But I will say, shipping on multiple consoles at launch is probably not worth it, especially because like, I feel like you kind of become a specialist at each given platform too. You know what I mean? Like you're a specialist at puzzle games, but you're also kind of like a specialist at if you release on Steam, it's Steam. I don't know. Do you consider yourself a specialist on like the iPhone store? Because you've I don't know anybody at Apple, but you've released several. All your games were iPhone releases, right? Yeah. I I wouldn't say I have any particularly expert insight into Steam or mobile. Um, I just kind of bumbled through, and uh, yeah, got got away with. Uh, not really doing stuff I should. Um, I feel like you have a lot more... I, You might not really... Well, either you're an expert or I'm incompetent because I honestly don't think <laughs> I could do... Like, I don't play mobile games, which is a failing, I guess. But, like, so I don't have the... Uh, I don't know how to design a UI for it. You know, like, I don't know what the standard UI is. I mean... I, I feel like I don't play a lot of mobile games myself. I just have, I'm just really picky. Um, so like, I I know when I pick up my own game, I play it, I'm like, mm, no, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I try and fix that, I'm not like pulling from uh, like a, a history of all the puzzle games I played on mobile. I'm just like looking at it as a very specific design problem. Like, okay, well, this feels bad. What are some other ways that we could do input for this game that would feel better? I think there's um, there's merits to that, but the risk is you miss out on a shared language, right? Like, isn't sure. yeah? Like, isn't there like I know on a controller, um, the B button, like the the far right button, goes back for the Xbox, right? Like, I I know what mu- like most likely you're gonna want your menu to be in the top uh, button of the four buttons in the gamepad. Like there's there's a certain language that's just consistent across games on a controller. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's gotta be something similar for mobile, right? Mm, yes and no. Like I've I've played a lot of puzzle games on mobile that have bad controls. Mm. Um, so I, I, think, I think my standards are higher than the general audience there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I mean, so what we did with Snowman was on mobile with like a thing where you can tap anywhere in the world and you'll walk there um, and then you can tap and drag a snowball to push it in a specific direction and that was a control scheme I hadn't seen anywhere done before but it was just like okay well like because the first thing you try is just like oh you'll swipe anywhere on the screen and then the player will move in that direction and that works fine except like people will swipe and leave their finger on the screen. And you want to be able to go like swipe in a direction and just hold it down to move in that direction. But then a single swipe can be held too long and then they'll move two squares when they only wanted to move one. And it's like, okay, well that, that's a no-go. Like that's, that's what most people start with, but I don't like it. I'm gonna try and come up with something better. So it's like just really being stubborn is, is a lot of my mobile. Uh, touchscreen design sense is just like I this is a hard problem uh, I haven't like uh, I, I can't find any examples of people doing this better but I'm going to I'm going to bash my head against this problem until <clears throat> I either give up or I find something I'm happy with 
Does it help that you have kind of... I mean, I don't play a lot of mobile games, but I suspect your games are probably different from most of them, right? Like, because I, I played... I just replayed a, a good snowman is hard to build, and it's got this kind of like chill soundtrack, and you like it's a it's kind of a relaxing experience. Whereas when I think of most mobile games, I think of like you know ding like uh, you know <laughs> tap to tap for joy kind of experience. So I don't know where I'm going with this question, but like, do you feel your controls are going to be different because the kinds of games you make are probably different from most mobile games, or do you think? I mean, maybe I don't know. Mm. Word, I've been. I will say I've been playing more mobile games now that the I borrowed a friend's iPhone for the Apple Arcade stuff, so I did play through a couple of those. Uh, what was it? What jumped out at you? Um, trying to remember the name of them. You know, it's the worst because you've got this. <laughs> I had what, you can't remember a hundred game names. <laughs> well, I had so people don't let you borrow their phone for extensive periods of time, right? So I wanted to try Apple Arcade, but it's not like I can borrow someone's phone for a couple days. So I borrowed their phone, and I'm like, I know I have an hour and a half, and I've got eighty games to get through. And so I started downloading <laughs> Overland, and I'm like, this is taking too long to download. I can't even play it. And I just went and I picked up. Um, was it? There's that one. What's that one? That's like a, a grid-based puzzle game, but it's on a sphere and you're going through like the different worlds and shit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, on Apple Arcade? Yeah, it's something too. It's, uh, Choo Choo Yeah, Choo Choo Rocket Express too. I just bounced off of that immediately. It just wasn't very, I don't know. It just wasn't very difficult. Is that the right thing? I got bored, like immediate. When you have to, when you have an hour and a half to play 80 games, you know, like you better fucking hook. <laughs> You have to hook one, or I'm, I'm out, <laughs> right? Okay, but that's not that's not quite the pitch for Apple Arcade. No, I guess that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if it was because it was too easy or not, or because it felt too childish. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that that seems like that does not surprise me at all. Um, I I haven't played it, but like, uh, like in general, I think I feel like the. The sensibilities of people who play games on mobile are definitely tuned very casual. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a part of me is like, oh, you're wrong. No, you should <laughs> you should like hard games. And if you don't like hard games, you're wrong. Uh, but then the other part of me is, yeah, well, whatever. Like you, it's like you, you got want to play something and you want to be have a relaxing, nice time that just rewards you for like doing doing a thing every two minutes. Then that's fine. So, what kind of games do you make, right? Because I mean, it takes a couple. I, I think part of it is you you have an iPhone and you're looking for a game that you can play on the bus, and you've only got five minutes, so you need to design puzzles that people can beat in five minutes, right? Mm, I mean, I don't design puzzles. That, I mean, I, I design some puzzles that you can beat in five minutes, uh, but so I, I don't design any of my games specifically for mobile. Um, mm. Uh, Cosmic Express, I guess, from the controls perspective, we were uh, focusing on mobile. But like, I didn't let that change the design sensibilities of the game overall, other than touch, other than touch controls. Thinking about them, um, that's not a good thing. Like, like if I was if I was a more business minded person, then that would definitely be a bad thing. But um, I don't know. There's we go back and forth on that a bit. Especially because the business is changing now, right? Apple's trying very hard to push into um, 
to, I don't know if they want to say they're pushing into the hardcore market, but they're definitely pushing into a different market. Like I wouldn't think of Manifold yeah, I mean, Garden. I, th I think that the interesting thing there is like, I don't know if they're pushing into that market so much as leeching those developers. Um, and like, I don't know, like, cause it does feel like there's, there's like two categories of games in Apple Arcade. There's like, the the ones that were designed for Apple Arcade, uh, and they're like, oh well, let's make a, a casual mobile game, and we'll stick on the service. And there's the like triple I titles that were coming to other platforms, and then Apple threw money at them to also come to Apple Arcade. And that's like an interesting mesh of sensibilities. And know, I don't know no like, what the audience will stick to no one said it but you're right like i can i can think through each game and i can think if you start <laughs> like i know these people started as mobile developers and these people started on pc and i can see it a hundred percent and i think what apple's trying to do is like establish so apple's biggest competitor isn't necessarily only google it's also microsoft right and they're looking at game pass on pc and things like that and they're if you want to compete with Game Pass and you want to compete with maybe Stadia or whatever it is, Google, whatever else it is Google's doing because they're beefing up their Play Store in a new way. Um, and you want to try to go for a subscription. Everyone, everyone's been talking about the Netflix of games forever and they want to try to do that. Um, if you're Apple, you want to make it look like those premium games. You want to have a service for premium games, but your market your existing market is all people, most of your gaming market is people who are using phones. So you have to kind of strike a medium there, right? Yeah, and like, maybe maybe it's fine. Like, maybe you just need the prestige titles as prestige titles to go, hey, look at all these games we've got in our service. You and know, maybe it doesn't matter if people are actually playing them there or if, they're, if, if, if the bulk of attention is elsewhere, if they're just like something that you can, you can point at and say, yeah, look, look at all this stuff. It's hilarious. So you consider the AAA titles and their prestige titles. Because it's true. Uh, cause that's what, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Because that's what Apple's going for, right? They're trying to make this look like, because these are the premium games to Apple. But like, if you compare Apple Arcade to Game Pass, for instance, like the prestige titles there would not be Overland. That's the budget title, right? Sure. The prestige titles on Game Pass are like the Gears of War. So. And so the it's interesting it's interesting the, the, perspective the, the distinction there maybe is just uh like gears of war isn't going to be willing to make a touchscreen version true uh, because like if all other things aside like if you if you could only play games on apple arcade with a controller uh and apple were willing to throw money at that studio to bring Gears of War to Apple Arcade, then like they 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 do that, but the practical considerations of Apple Arcade mean that only only the games that can run on iPhones that can run with touchscreen controls will come to that, and that I guess that gives you an upper tier for the, your prestige titles. Maybe. In some sense. I mean, the question there is: Does Fortnite play? Like, how do you play Fortnite on mobile? Do you have to have a controller? Uh, so many people play Fortnite on mobile. You don't need a controller. I don't know how it works, but because I, I, I'll say we are. If you're American or European, you still think of these games as like you can't play 
you know, AAA titles on a phone, but they're making these AAA titles have touchscreen yeah, controls no, for fair. China. Fair. Uh, and maybe the younger generation doesn't feel that way. So I don't, maybe I just don't yeah, see no. that. I th- yeah, that's a, that's a fair counter, uh, counter argument. In fact, I think one of the big things we're seeing in AAA is a lot of people in AAA are very, who are working in like UX design very quickly have to learn how to use, how to design their, these massive titles for touch controls, which is like a massive pain in the ass and a huge shift. I, I assume it's a pain in the ass. I haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, touch controls are really awkward. Like I was, I was complaining or like I was saying, oh yeah, like touch controls, you, you have a problem and it's hard and then you think up a solution. And like that, that makes it sound like not too hard. Uh, but it's it's ridiculous. Like I get away with it because I make super simple games with super simple control systems. Mm-hmm. So like if it's if it's four direction keys plus a couple of buttons on PC, you can convert that to mobile. Like a lot of games have it way more complicated. Uh, and touchscreen is just an inherently a it's a it's a problematic input system to design for. <clears throat> it's just yeah, it's just it, your hands are in the way of a very small screen. Like it's already, I don't know. I already have difficulty with it. I mean, I I do think it's interesting that uh, as console developers, we've kind of congealed on a certain, you you cannot invent a controller that has like five buttons now because everyone's gonna, nor can you invent a controller that has three buttons because just no one will support it, right? People are like, all the console devs at this point will step in and be like, look, we have a, our game runs on, like say Sony came out and they're like, our controller now has five buttons uh we would just be like no right because the xbox and switch have four so we're just not going to use one of yours so we've kind of congealed on exactly the number of inputs on a controller and we've actually somehow standardized as an industry around that but the touch screen is just a completely different thing and you're right like i i don't play a lot of mobile games but i don't think there is a standard language right for for where the joysticks should be or how you should move in a third person game. And I think that's, we take for granted that I can pick up a controller right now and play most third person games. And I know that the, um, the stick on the the right will be the one that moves the camera and the stick on the left will be the one that moves the character. And there's a universal understood language for what the controller is going to do. And there isn't yet something like that defined for all third person games on the phone, is there? I don't know. I mean, the the number of third person games I played on phones is very very low. Um, but I mean, yeah. I I mean, I I'd say the thing I'd push back on there maybe is like so you're you're saying that we've got this um, this uh, common language for controller inputs, uh, and that's true. But I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing because. Um, like there are a lot of people like the people Apple Arcade is primarily targeting are people who if you sat them down in front of Gears of War they would have no idea what they were talk- what they were doing because they don't have that controller familiarity that you do um, so I think I think there is something good or something something unifying about touchscreen input in that it doesn't like people are used to tapping and swiping mm-hmm. in a way like more more people are used to that than holding a controller um 
and that in theory that has potential for like yeah we're opening up hard hard disagree i think that you don't realize how much you've been trained like uh the idea that there's things that you don't think of like if i zoom i pinch or i opposite pinch right there's things that you've been trained to do that's not instinct you've just done it enough times but i i don't think i don't think most mobile games use that in the same way that mobile apps use that mm. Um, I think I think mobile games, um, because it's such an awkward input system, they kind of have to. Um, mobile games have to just teach you the controls they're using, um, and that makes them more accessible. Whereas a lot of AAA titles, um, they they expect a certain level of familiarity, and if you don't have that familiarity, they will not teach you as slowly as you'd need to learn oh, I think if you're my not used to using it my, my biggest gripe is that they always do like every game mm. starts with a <laughs> starts with a look around walk it's like all right i know how to walk my favorite thing was actually in portal when they're like speak and then you hit the a button to speak and you jump right. and it's like that's jump because they're making fun of it but like i i think mm, eh, i don't know i'm for Four shared languages across genres. I'm for changing it up every it, now and then. It, I, you're not wrong that that stuff is awkward and like really painful when it when it's there. Mm -hmm. But it, to some degree, it is. Puzzle script has it. Like, I had I had mad friction with your puzzle script boys when I first started out because like I, everybody assumed that you would know that X uh, doesn't action. Um, and when I put it on the space bar, like it, it's so on the title screen. That's that's true uh, for puzzle script games, but when I first started Kine, right, I had never I didn't know puzzle script existed. Oh, I, I had never played any of these these Sokoban games, and it seemed obvious to me that an action should be in the space bar because that's where it is, and I don't know that just makes more sense. Your thumbs right there. I mean, I I agree to be honest. And so, um, but so like, the I backlash. Is... <laughs> um, I I I think the takeaway there is just to. Like whenever you find anything that people expect, just bind that to the default as well. So like, mm -hmm. oh, space does this, but also X does this. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, uh, like undo is this thing. Like, I don't think people outside of puzzle script have the expectation that Z is undo. Um, no. But you realize I had initially bind it. So for Khan, I had it bound to Z or U. Because, uh, yeah, like, I assume go. Puzzle Script people want Z, everybody else in the world wants you, right? But the. Uh... Uh, no, and then there's the third camp of people who want Backspace. What? What? <laughs> backspace for Anzu? No, I, I was. I, I had such a hard Because I had to slap together a key rebinding system in a week. I was like, I have mm -hmm. to pick one. And I literally had a moment where I'm like, who am I with now? Am I with the Puzzle Script? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are. Oh, shit. I went with Z. Because I, I feel like defaulting to... The one fun thing about the default puzzle script bindings is you can play one-handed. I kind of think that's cool. Yeah. And I like the idea of having your left hand on the keyboard and your right in the mouse. So I left it at Z for the puzzle script guys. But I had a moment where I was like, which camp am I in now, Alan? Well, it's good fun. job choosing the correct. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, let me see. Before we... 
we're going to wrap this up soon, but first I was given a list of questions, so we should probably look at them real quick. Oh, we're still going through that, huh? Oh, we okay. haven't well, we haven't technically started. We just accidentally hit on a bunch of them, I think. Um, how do you get players to play games in a non-linear order? I guess we touched on that a bit. Yeah, we touched on that. Yeah, that is definitely still the biggest problem I have in kind. I, I'll ship having never solved that one. Nobody will ever back out of a puzzle once they start it. Like, yep. they just won't. And if they do back out, they quit the game. Like, even though there's multiple puzzles to play at any given time, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's the, the, the... I'm trying to think of... I think a game like Steven Sausage Roll, a Good Snowman, is hard to build, where you always see all the other puzzles in the screen. It, it's easier because you see that they're right there. You can just walk over to them and, like, play those. Whereas because the camera is focused only on the puzzle you're doing in my game and you have to like back out and then go through menus. When 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 Kai starts, uh, if you quit in the middle of a puzzle, where does it load you back in? The level select screen. Okay, I mean, that's that's pretty much as good as you can do in a game like that. Yeah. I don't know how to build it, how to do it better. Yeah. I gotta think a um, lot more about this I, stuff. I guess, I guess. If the next step would be some kind of, you start on the level select screen and there's some kind of highlight on all the available levels. I don't know. I'm just spitballing now. No, I mean, I already do that. I'm trying to think of a game that does yeah. it well. Like, I'm thinking of the games I love, like Darkest Dungeon. Really like that game. You jump in, uh, it, but the whole point of that is leaving, if you mess up and you leave, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of games with menus, right? Because that's the big thing. Obviously, the if you have an open world game where you can walk from one puzzle to another, that in a way simplifies this. But a game where you're going from a menu, maybe the best example would be like a Zaktronics game. Like in Opus Magnum, you can go into a puzzle. And do you feel bad when you back out and you go into a different one? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a few different things that help. Um, one is actually a lack of direction. Um, mm. So I'm thinking of soccer bonds here, where like it's just a, a grid of levels, mm -hmm. and you solve one level and you unlock the next ones, uh, next to it. Um, and that's because there's no inherent goal. It means that if you're stuck on a puzzle, they're all of kind of equal weight. Yeah. Um, and that helps with that game. Um, I don't know. Like, in your game... Yeah, I think it's, it's maybe some, some quirk of how your UI is set up. Um, yeah. Where, like, it only shows one thread at a time and you have to switch between the threads. There's something about that that's... Um, maybe it, exacerbates a problem for Kain. Maybe. It's something I'll have to think about. It's definitely, like, the Cadillac solution is definitely the witness solved it, right? But to do that, you have to have, like, a world that you can walk around. Because there is something about being able to just leave a puzzle. Right, but the, the flip side of that is the thing that's awkward in the witness is if you're stuck on two different branches, then you have to walk for two minutes to get from one to the other. Hmm. The world is so pretty. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, there's no perfect solution. 
Yeah. Is the ability to jump into a, another puzzle really quickly important? I guess it is. Uh, I mean, I think it's like it's fine to walk a couple of minutes once. What would be really awkward is if you're stuck and like coming back to it repeatedly. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, um, this is good. Yeah. We've talked there, about there everything. No, We've solved no nothing. Solution. Yeah, but these are fun things to think about. Uh, what else we got? I think that's all the questions we've accidentally hit on them a lot i mean there's a lot more people ask a lot of questions about difficulty curves how you set up your difficulty curve um how do you make a game that's engaging for new players but doesn't oh, sorry that's engaging for hardcore puzzle players but doesn't scare new players off and that sort of thing i, I don't know if we do you have any deep thoughts on that alan optional puzzles optional puzzles I mean, in the and to, to not scare people off, they need to be optional puzzles that are obviously there sometimes. Ooh, well, I mean, <clears throat> you always have side quests on like bigger games. I think something interesting you did that I've seen in other like tactics games was um, after you beat a good snowman, it's hard to build. You you unlock like Shadow World, right? Um, I, I don't know what you call it, but you there's a you also see this in um oh god what are they like some of the disguise i played and other things tactics games after you beat the game you'll have like a much harder version of the game or a game that's kind of twisted or different in some way uh i think that's always interesting but you have to that's not necessarily something that'll keep a hardcore player through you still have to hook somebody throughout the entirety of the first game right yeah that's definitely uh yeah like that's that's like the the extra sauce on the cake that's not the metaphor um <laughs> what do you do with cakes yeah, like, in britain man <laughs> i don't know like that's like, secret sauce maybe that's the phrase i'm looking for mm -hmm. um uh i don't know like but that's like a definitely like a the a thing you do at the end to what's the bow you put on top of it let's go yeah, that's your bonus bonus area yeah yeah. Rather than well, your core difficulty. But I, I think I think for hardcore people to really like your game, there probably needs to be hardcore puzzles before that, or the main game needs to be short. Yeah. Okay. Do you uh, do you build games for hardcore people or casual people, or both? I mean, I don't deliberately do either, but definitely hardcore. Yeah. Like I, my 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 new game, I'm trying to balance it better, but uh, the yeah, like I, I, my my design principles lead me to like, oh, every puzzle has to be unique in some way, and if you want to make a casual game, then you can't really do that. Mm -hmm. um, you need to have a lot of repetition. Um, and so, so my my new game, I'm trying to balance that with, like, not every puzzle is unique, but the puzzles which do similar things do them differently enough that you don't really notice. Okay, I get it, yeah. I mean, you, so one, one thing you said earlier was you said that like, uh, for a good snowman it's hard to build, you have to go through, um, you have to do the same mechanic in different ways three times. And I'll say, I didn't really feel that when I was playing. Like, uh, 
I felt like each puzzle was unique. I didn't really feel like I was repeating anything. I mean, it depends on your definition of unique. Like, there, there will be multiple puzzles that focus on, like, for example, oh, if you push a snowball, a large snowball onto a patch of snow, it deletes the snow, but it doesn't get any bigger. Like, yeah. that's a that's fundamental true. concept. And like, there are, there are multiple puzzles that can use that where, um, which feel different, but that mean at the end of that puzzle, you definitely know that that's a thing. So that's, that's more the kind of thing I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be the same puzzle, but it needs to lead you through the process of realizing some new mechanic. That makes a lot of sense. That's a really smart thing to say. We should end on that. Great. All right. Well, it was great chatting with you, Alan Hazelden. You too, Gwen Frey. <laughs> this is how we ended. I'm sorry. It's weird. This has been Alan Hazelden and Gwen Frey, and you've been in the dialogue box. You don't have to do anything. We're just done now. Let me out of the box. Now you're stuck here. You have to. Uh, now we now we acknowledge that the chat exists. Do I need to scroll all the way back now? Uh, I don't know. Pro I probably won't. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, oh, I'm, here. I'm not sure why somebody's telling me about pogs. Pogs. Alan Pog. 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 Okay, I guess that's your name. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Shit, I forgot we were going to talk about that game you played earlier. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool. Did you have anything? Were you going to say nice things about it or bad things about it? Uh, both. Like, it's... In some ways, it's actually trying to do similar things to the game I'm working on, where it's like this... Um, it's, a, it's a system of puzzles and the system is deeper than you first realize so you can be at a place with one set of knowledge and then later in the game you can go back having learned more stuff and then like oh i can actually do this thing that i didn't realize i could um am I supposed like wait am i supposed to be doing that first? in your game because i don't think i did that oh shit! Uh, oh you totally could all right I'm yeah gonna... my game is full of secret puzzles um, that you don't even realize are there. I might um, be too stupid for your game, Alan. <laughs> no, but that's expected. Like my, my my ideal path through through my game is so my yeah so it's like uh, fairly casual. Everyone can get through and play and get to the end. Like it's it's like an inside. There's not a nice story, but like it's it's an engaging uh, thing. It's not too hard. And then you get to the end and you unlock fast travel and you get to go back to the early levels and you're like, oh, well, how do I even get over to that island? Oh, I could have got there right at the start. Have you played um, Inside yet? I did. I played it like a few weeks ago. Thank God. You get it now, right? That game is so beautiful. It's fine. Like, <laughs> it's not, you have to be in the mood um, it's, for it's it. It's good. No, it, it's, it's good. Uh, people, people will make a big deal about the ending. And well, the ending that... is cute, but it's not it's not the complete and utter like I the way people were talking about it, I was expecting that the ending would completely recontextualize the whole game. <clears throat> and it'd be oh. like, oh, well this this whole thing 
like now I, I see everything totally differently. But actually, it was just like a, a fun gimmick yeah. section. I and... think you puzzle people have a very high bar on the twist ending, too. Because you got oh, sure. a lot of... The, that is the one unique thing about puzzle games. Every time I've beaten a puzzle game from like... In general, I feel like a lot of puzzle game designers always have some kind of like secret extra area or some massive twist at the ending or some point like that. I I don't know why. It does seem to be a theme. But I, I think the one of the things that was interesting about Inside was that they it was designed to make you feel something, which is like scared and frightened. And that showed in the design. Like it wasn't designed to be hard or, you know, to teach you something. It was designed to like capture a feeling and make you feel that really uncomfortable, scared, horror feeling, right? And I think they, they nailed it. And it's rare that you get a game that's designed to capture a feeling versus designed to show you a mechanic or designed to show you a thing. And I think that's why it appeals more to some people and less to others. But anyway, I could go on about that for a while. Also, I'm an animator and it's inside and the animation's been out. Like the animation, it's really, really good. Yeah, for sure. When I was a little boy and I ran up against the window and I like just touched the window and like had that weird little like sweet moment. I just love, I don't know. I love that game. The little flourishes were really well done. And the technical animation, the jibs that are like on the ground, all of it. Like it's just well done. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. That's a, that's a game with a lot of polish. Yeah. Uh, mad respect for what they did there. Um. Most casual level players don't have strong abilities to detect the puzzles. Oh. You call me casual, Elliot? Is that what just happened there? I think so. I guess you're just a big casual... I'm a casual gamer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. Casual means different things, though. Like... Uh, casual, I don't think necessarily has anything to do with how hard you want your games. At least, how do I put it? I will say, I am at a place where I don't want the 80 hour, 100 hour games anymore. Like, I don't have time to sneak into a game for that long, or I'm too, like, I, I'm definitely in a place in my life where I want quality over quantity of hours of gameplay. Maybe it's because I'm too busy. And I feel like oh, yeah, for sure. I and mean, this is one reason why I don't play AAA games. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing I, I like. But I mean, even you don't play as many AAA games either, though, right? Like, have you played... No. Your puzzle... Technically, Gris is called a puzzle game. It's not a thinky puzzle game, but it's a puzzle game, right? And you're a puzzle dev. And I don't think you've played Gris yet, have you? I only got around to playing Inside the other week. No, I'm not. I'm not shitting on you. Like you've played loads of games I haven't played. Every time you guys talk about shit, I, like I still haven't played a uh, Jelly No Puzzle, or like half of the puzzle games you guys talk about in the Discord. So it's just priorities. I think at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I play. I play a decent number of like small indie puzzle games for like short periods of time. There's very few games that I played for more than an hour or two. Mm. So, I mean, that's actually pretty standard. So you put like an hour into a game and then you feel like, hey, I got it. Mm. Lots of games I'll play for less than that, but like... Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think that's... Mm. Like most puzzle script games, 
like most PuzzleScript games I see, I will play for like five minutes, but I won't beat most PuzzleScript games I play. Yeah, I'm the same way. I wasn't sure if that was just because I'm bad, but I'll get to a point where I'm like, uh, I've done enough of this. I'm stuck, but I'm not. There's a point where I usually play until I'm stuck, but I don't care. You know what I mean? And right. that can come pretty like, quickly. In a way, that's the same thing as the, the puzzle pacing thing. It's like, if, you're, if there's only a linear set of levels, then if you get stuck, you'll either come back to it or you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more puzzles you have unlocked, the more puzzles you know that you've got unlocked, the more likelihoods you'll come back and come away from that play session going, oh, yeah, I, I had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say that. That's true. I mean, it's kind of... When I see puzzle script games, some part of me sees it as, like, really... Puzzle script is an amazing way to prototype for your second to second gameplay for what will eventually be a bigger game. But it's not an entire game in my mind. It's just maybe a spoken like somebody who hasn't played Skipping Stones to Lonely Homes. No, that one there's a couple that are that break the mold. Yes, that one's good. Uh, uh, Jack Lance's games. Like for some reason that one just was interesting. It was just so good. That it was fine that it was that way. So I'm not gonna say it's all of them, but like a lot of those games, I feel like the it's a mechanic that it's really fleshing out, exploring a single game mechanic that could be in a bigger game. I'm from, you know, all I want to do is art these games and make them like a finished product, <laughs> right? Like I look at this and I'm like, this is smart. Too bad it's not a game yet, but it could be. Like this oh. is this is the best prototype I've seen. Like so that's and it's bitchy to say out loud but it's true i feel like wow these are amazing game prototypes i can't wait till they make the game like and that's yeah i mean like i i see where you're coming from but also who has the time like i mean you've yeah. you've made games like nobody <laughs> should make games ever <laughs> it takes like it takes some time. Well, it takes too long. It's you it's do not worth it. Like most puzzle script games that you play and go, oh, cute. They should make that into a full game. Would not not actually be worth the time it's, to do that. To be fair, it's right. The return on investment is not good. Oh no, no, no. This isn't a good way to make money. That's that's true. Not even money, but like. But if it would it be better I, if it was polished? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I feel like you. It, it would be better if it was polished. But it wouldn't be like even ignoring the financial side. Like even assuming that it would be, uh, I mean, maybe you can't say like because if it if it made enough money to like be, to pay you back for the time you spent on it, then who's to say it's not worth it? But like, uh, I, I, but I want to say like there's a there's a return on investment that's not there in a way that doesn't make it about the money. That makes sense. No, I totally like if the experience isn't more interesting to you, either right. make or yeah, to play. Like, yeah. Not everyone wants to. That's the other thing. Is not everyone wants to spend the time thinking about making it art pretty. <laughs> well, it's more. It's your interest in more than the second to second loop, I guess. Because like the yeah. because the things we were talking about about how you lay out puzzles in a world, uh, how you have a cadence to puzzles as you go through them, having multiple ones you can do, laying out your level select screen. That's interesting, and some people want to do that. And if you want to do that and you want to explore that, uh, you have to go beyond like the second to second part of the gameplay into like the bigger meta game, right? 
And if you're interested in making the metagame, then yeah, Puzzle Script will never be that satisfying because you can't, I don't, I mean, I've never used Puzzle Script, but I don't think you can do more than like a linear set of puzzles, right? Uh, I mean, not easily. Yeah. So I would say uh, yeah, that that's why when I said it earlier, I said it was a really good, it, it's a complete sec exploration of the second to second gameplay for a mechanic, but you're not going to, how do I put it? So if you think of um, what makes certain RPGs interesting, um, you've got... I'm trying to explain the core loop versus the metagame. The, most games, especially AAA games, but most games have like a core loop and then like a, a tight core loop, the thing you're doing second to second, and then you've got like a bigger loop and then maybe a metagame. Like you've got a certain number of loops. Like in, sure. you've yeah, got the, like you want to combat to feel good, but also making number go up also good. Player progression. I, I guess an easier way to explain this would be like Civ. So you've got the immediate battle that you're doing here, but you've also got over time you're you're trying to win the era, right? Or it, uh, let's go back to puzzle games. So in a good snowman is hard to build. You have each of the individual puzzles, and you could have just put them on a list to let people choose any of them in order maybe, but it was interesting to you to lay them out in a way where it's like you have to know this in order to unlock this. And then you have to have done a certain number of these, um, but not necessarily in order because if you've done either this puzzle, this puzzle, or this puzzle, then you're ready for the next tier. And you were grouping them in a ways that was interesting and you, you laid them out in a world, right? And some amount of that must have been fun, otherwise you wouldn't have done it, I hope, right? Yeah. No, I mean, so, I mean, yes, like laying out puzzles like that is fun. Um, but I don't know, like, if I, if I didn't have the ambition of making a polished game, I wouldn't do it for the sake of doing it. Um, like, it's, it's like, again, it's a return on investment thing. It's like, these things are interesting to their own ways, but the amount of extra structure you need to do that kind of thing outside of PuzzleScript, like you, you need to like program the game and then you need to have systems for having a level arranging tool. And then you need to have systems for like all the animation and all the menus and like the, the, the fun the stuff. Extra work yeah. is not worth it just to stretch your design brain for that side of things. I don't know. I enjoy doing that work. That's probably the problem. Yeah, I definitely do not. I'm such a. But why? Are, why are, you're doing it though. I played your game. You're do well. You don't enjoy programming. That's understandable. Programming is a miserable, terrible thing to do with your life. But like, if you, um, but you enjoy making polished experiences i mean you've done it this isn't your first time doing it this is your fourth time doing it each game seems to be getting kind of bigger so why do you do that then uh yeah i mean i guess i do enjoy it but there's just so much bullshit like <laughs> i would i would I'd say like the the average amount of return uh, of of emotional reward i get for finishing a puzzle script game is much larger for some puzzle script games than for all of the commercial titles. Because the commercial titles just have so much slog. Mm. So I, I like, 
in a perfect in a world where I didn't need to feed myself, I don't know if I would be making these bigger titles. Ooh, you would only There's be a making chance I would, but okay. I could I could see the appeal also of just making puzzle scoop games. Okay, so you, are you saying you make bigger games for the money? I mean. That's not true because I started doing them because you know, I wasn't expecting to make money. Uh, no, I mean I, I guess I'm I, I'm enough of a uh, perfectionist that I can't help myself. You love it and you're but, in denial, but you're just deep in a pro you're deep in production right now, right? You're yeah. in production hell. Is that maybe coloring your like? Because I've been there two and i'm i might just be projecting where i'm like this is awful all i want to do is make small little animations i hate doing this i don't remember why i did this and then the second i finish i'm immediately like oh time to do that again like some some part of you while you're doing it is in denial and saying that you'll never do this again and you hate it right yeah no i'm i'm definitely i'm a massive perfectionist and i wouldn't be able to stop myself uh Going, oh, well, we need to spend a lot of work to get this tiny detail to work. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I guess we got to do all that work. Um, but there's, there's just something. So I mean, one of the things about PuzzleScript is it's constrained in ways that let you limit your ambition. So you don't look at it and you go, like, if I, if I start out with your set designing a PuzzleScript game, Mm -hmm. then I know, okay, well, these are constraints. This is the, the upper limit of polish I can put into this. And maybe you get to the end of that process and you go, oh, well, this could be so much better if it was ported to something else. But that's not actually an experience that you're guaranteed to have. Um, like, almost all of my games have started, they started with a PuzzleScript prototype, well, I guess Sokemon didn't because it predates PuzzleScript. But like, so this this game started as a PuzzleScript prototype, and we had the specific goal of making a more polished project at the end. Um, so I was designing in PuzzleScript, but I was never. But but PuzzleScript wasn't the end goal. So why was it? PuzzleScript games. Let's I've, back up to why. Why was it your goal to make this like from? At some point, you decided I'm going to make a more polished game. Was that before you started designing it in PuzzleScript? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, we, we had a, a team, uh, or I guess, yeah, I mean, Ben and I were talking about, oh, we should make another game. Uh, we were throwing around ideas. We had vague ideas for this island setting. Like, oh, that was a cute thing that worked well in some other games. Um, what if we did that? Um, and then we're throwing around ideas for mechanics that would work on the island setting. All right, so let's, um, let's back up to that moment in the very beginning where Ben was like, oh, you should make, we should make another game. And instead of being like, fuck no, I'm going to make Puzzle Script until I die, you were like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, where? Because that's the moment, right? When you just decided to do a bigger game again. Right. Although at the time, I didn't know how much bigger. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I was aiming for something as complicated as Snowman or Cosmic Express, rather okay. than this nightmare project. <laughs> it's cool. I don't know why you hate it so much. But the, uh, uh, I don't want to spoil everything. But the, uh, okay. So, 
Is that your ideal scope of game then? Like a good Soma is hard to build? Uh, yeah, I think so. And you've said it good, before, that was scope. one year, four people? Uh, Snowman was a year and three months and three people. Mm -hmm. um, but then porting to mobile took another nine months, so... Oh, Jesus. Gets, See, this be, is... I mean, not full-time, but just, like, on and off. Um, uh, Cosmic Express was the dream project, because it was, uh, I guess, five people, but not everyone full-time, and it was nine months. Mm. Wow. But really, it, it was two people for nine months and a artist for like two and a half months. Why, and why was that your dream project? And an audio designer for like a few weeks. Sorry, why was that your dream project? Oh, in dreams, like scope of like production. Like it's like it should have been a year really, but we did it in nine months and it was very smooth. And there was some like last minute scheduling stuff right at the end, but like by and large, it came together uh, in a way that I don't think any game I make will come together that nicely again. Interesting. Why? Do you know like what was the magic sauce, or if you did, you do it again? Um, I mean, like we had a functioning game to start with that was very solid, and then. It was very easy to extend that um, in interesting ways, and yeah, like we, we didn't really hit any um, any point where we were like questioning the plan. I guess is the thing that went well, and mm -hmm. like almost every game, there'll be something that comes up and go, oh, well, this isn't actually going to work as nicely as we thought. We need to like rethink the framing or something. Wow. That does sound like the perfect game. You didn't have any fucking gotchas anywhere halfway through? Uh, not really. Yeah. All right. Hey, sometimes things come together. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna have something go that smoothly again. Mm. <laughs> how are things going with that? Like on a scale of uh, one to 10, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I guess seven and a half. Seven and a half, like, okay, not bad. Fine. Not bad. Things are on track. Um, I I don't know if I don't know if we're on schedule or not. Um, I but how much? Big... I feel I feel good. I think. How much bigger are you making the game? Also, what's like we're obviously recording the thirty people. So like compared to the build you played a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, it's probably like somewhere between a fifth to a tenth of the game. You're making uh, five to ten times more game than that? So I've already got more game than that. I just haven't arranged it. Okay. Um, How... Like I have I have I I passed I passed fifteen hundred puzzles uh recently. Um I I I've got a lot of puzzles. The hard part is just like arranging them into a coherent world that you travel through and all the puzzles are in the right place next to each other and the difficulty curve still works and the secret well, I mean, puzzles still work point, like that uh, there's got to be new and it's, it's not actually 1500 puzzles it's 1500 islands um right. and some of the islands are like dud 
Um, so it's probably it. closer to a thousand levels, and lots of them are duplicates. Okay, so, but I mean, you say, like, will the game necessarily get much harder, or will it just be those new mechanics, and so you need a new, like, ramp up on the mechanic? How do I explain it? Like, you introduce a mechanic, and then you've got, like, kind of a difficulty curve for that mechanic, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want it to be pretty easy. So, like, we're introducing new concepts throughout the game, but the difficulty doesn't really get hard unless you want to do all the optional puzzles. Mm -hmm. Um, but even that is hard, is complicated, because in theory it's like, oh yeah, fine, we'll just have a, a fairly easy critical path, and then optional puzzles on the side can be harder than that. But like, how do you message if somebody, it? If somebody's a completionist, then they're not gonna go ahead if they're stuck on an optional puzzle, um, even if that's gonna be the best thing for their experience. Yeah. So it means I'm actually limiting the difficulty of the optional puzzles too. Um, also, there is an advantage to having a UI versus an open world, which is you can just write side quest and then people right. know that it's optional because I think the a big problem is explaining to people what the crit path is versus what's optional. Right. But I mean, if it sounds like there's a bunch of optional puzzles I didn't even know existed. Uh, right, yeah, which now in hindsight are really obvious. I've got to make my life more complicated. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm really excited for this game. What what's a, What have you said publicly about when it's coming out or anything about it? Uh, I mean, I guess in the Discord earlier today, I said eight months from now. Um, so I, guess <laughs> I wasn't sure if you wanted to walk that back or not. Yeah, I mean. All right. It's out there. Eight months is a flexible length of time in game dev. Yeah, eight months. <laughs> it's like dog years. It's eight months in game dev terms. Could be eight months, could be four years. We don't know. Eight months. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel you. All right, let's see. We're probably going to wrap this up, guys. I feel like somebody did that work yeah. once. I mean, for, for the record, I feel like this section of podcast time and Twitch time uh, is redundant and um, that conversation was totally interesting and could totally have gone on the main feed it could have yeah should we just leave i could just leave the podcast going wait you could you could cut out the section where we say goodbye and move it and then plug it on the end right here <laughs> this has been gwen frey and alan hazelden <laughs> No, because we're gonna cut and edit. Uh, you overestimate the amount of effort I put into these podcasts. <laughs> I'm actually just gonna not. I'm just gonna roll yeah, it. I know. <laughs> It'll be funnier that way. Yes, and then this will be the real ending. All right, podcast people. This has been Gwen Frey and Alan Hazelden, and you've been in the dialogue box.